Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is going to be episode six. Sorry that I haven't posted anything for the last couple of days. I've been quite exhausted and overwhelmed by the um, recent events on, that have unfolded. Um, tragically, this whole thing is tragic. It doesn't look like 2021 is going to be much different, sadly. I... Sorry, but that's what I think. So, um, let's skip this and go right into our prayer. We'll talk about it in a more appropriate time. But now we need to... We're going to celebrate uh, the baptism of our Lord. So let's begin with an act of contrition. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri Elision, Kiri Elision, Kiri Elision, Christe Elision, Christe Elision, Christe Elision, Kiri Elision, Kiri Elision, Kiri Elision. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Entrance Antiphon. It's from Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. After the Lord was baptized, in the, he the heavens were opened. And the Spirit descended upon him like a dove, and the voice of the Father thundered, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. After the Lord was baptized, the heavens were opened, and the Spirit descended upon him like a dove, and the voice of the Father thundered, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. One more time. After the Lord was baptized, the heavens opened, and the Spirit descended upon him like a dove, and the voice of the Father thundered, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Almighty and ever-living God, who, when Christ had been baptized in the river Jordan, and as the Holy Spirit descended upon him, solemnly declared him your beloved son grant that your children by adoption reborn of water and the spirit 
may always be well-pleasing to you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. <clears throat> and there's an alternate prayer, and I'll say that as well. O God, whose only begotten Son has appeared in our very flesh, grant, we pray, that we may be inwardly transformed through him, whom we recognize as outwardly like our, ourselves, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. <clears throat> Okay, so I'm going to read. Uh, the first reading is going to be from um, Isaiah, chapter 42, verse 1 to 4, 6 to 7. Behold my servant, with whom I am well pleased. A reading from the book of the holy prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, Here is my servant, whom I, uh, whom I uphold my chosen one with whom I am pleased, upon whom I have put my spirit. He shall bring forth justice to the nations, not crying out, not shouting, not making his voice heard in the street. A bruised reed he shall not break, and a smoldering wick he shall not quench, until he establishes justice on the earth. The coastlands will wait, for his teaching. I, the Lord, have called you for the victory of justice. I have grasped, I have grasped you by the hand. I formed you, I set you, and set you as a covenant of the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes of the blind, to bring out prisoners from confinement and from the dungeon, those who live in darkness. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One more time, a reading from the Holy Book of Isaiah, chapter 42, verse 1 to verse 6, of verse 1 to 4 and 6 to 7. Behold my servant with whom I am well pleased. Thus says the Lord, here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one with whom I am pleased, upon whom I have put my spirit. He shall bring forth justice to the nations, not crying out, not shouting, not making his voice heard in the street. A bruised reed he shall not break, and a smoldering wick he shall not quench, until he establishes justice on the earth. The coastlands will wait for his teaching. I, the Lord, have called you for the victory of justice. I have grasped you by the hand. I formed you and I set you as a covenant of the people, a light for the nations to open the eyes of the blind and to bring out prisoners from confinement and from the dungeon, those who live in darkness. Now, <sighs> the word of the Lord, thanks be to God. So, what is the Holy Spirit saying to us? Yes, yeah, so what is exactly is the Holy Spirit saying? Thus says the Lord, Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one with whom I am pleased, upon whom I have put my spirit. 
it probably should be capital S, not small s. But, all right. He shall bring forth justice to the nations. It's speaking about Jesus. It's speaking about the second person of the Trinity. Our Lord Jesus Christ, who is truly God and truly man. It's the Trinity and the incarnation, basically the second person, the Logos. Okay, we believe the Father is truly God. And the, the Son, the Word, who became flesh, became Jesus in time, is truly God. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is truly God. It's not three gods, it's one God. The Father and the Son and Holy Spirit is one God. A mystery that is beyond comprehension and understanding. And it's one that we just, just we should just embrace and accept. But here, it's the Father and the Holy Spirit. The Father in particular, all right, who is talking about the Son in time. In time when he was here on earth, in his humanity, all right, who will preach, who will go out, who the Father is well pleased. Notice the word, my chosen one with whom I am well pleased. You are my beloved son in whom I am pleased, or in you I am well pleased. That is, it's those words, it's not an accident. It's not an accident, and it's not something I think we can dare to say that an apostle or someone made up. It's not. It's true. Jesus goes to the Jordan River, and the heavens are opened. Another word for him, are torn apart, ripped apart, just like the veil of the temple is ripped. And the Holy Spirit came down and, and, and alighted on him. And John the Baptist saw this and he heard this. He heard these words. Even our Lord heard the words. Now, did anybody else there hear the words? I don't think so. Maybe they saw something or maybe they thought I heard something. It, you can't really say. We can only say that this, this is the important thing is the mystery, which is an epiphany, which is something that was revealed to the world and yet hidden with so much more mysteries to be to, to be discovered to be understood and it's beyond our comprehension we'll never fully comprehend it that's the beauty of it okay let's continue upon whom i've put my spirit it should be capital s but you know we won't argue about the who you know who decided this he shall bring forth justice to the nations he shall bring forth justice to the nations. What did God say to Abraham? Through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Through you, all nations will be blessed. And this is something that was repeated to Jacob because I've been reading the book of Genesis from the beginning using the, um, the Great Adventure Bible. The Lord says the same thing to Isaac and he says the same thing to Jacob. All right, so the nations, what does that mean? Because Israel was always the chosen one, the chosen of all the people of the earth, whom God made his covenant with. And they've always been in sort of like hostility with the rest of the world that's pagan. Well, they're a picture of the church. They're a picture of the faith, the people of God. 
all right, who are constantly in hostility because of the blessing, because of the covenant, because the world, the world, the world, because they're in darkness. And trust me, today, I, I, I think we, we're, we're well aware of how dark things are. They're dark because people uh, reject God. I mean, one of the interesting things the catechism makes it quite clear is that man is truly, humanity is truly a spiritual, we're spiritual people, we're spiritual beings. But this call by God for union and to partake in God's blessed life, into God's, in God's life, in God's grace, is often sometimes rejected by human beings, by mankind, because of various different things. Sometimes it could be indifference. Most of the time it can be. Indifference and coldness. Other times it can be because of scandal on the part of fellow Christians. This is why we all got to be careful how we behave and how we talk. And sadly, um, this the, this is also mostly on the on the those the clergy, the religious, priests, bishops, cardinals, popes. Yes, even popes, and even nuns, and even fellow Christians like myself. We all got to be careful. We all we can't play the hypocrite. And and if we have sin in our heart, we should acknowledge that sin. Not keep it hidden, acknowledge it to God and f fight it. Tr look, call out, cry out for conversion, cry out for repentance. These are things that we got to do. But human beings can sometimes just be indifferent. You know, we all have to, when, we, when we're looking for God and we're looking for union with God and peace with God and happiness, we're all called to partake in happiness with God. We, we are called to love him, to know God, love God, and to seek God in union with God in this life and in the life to come. Okay, this is, this is what we're called to do. And we should, with all our hearts, search, keep searching, and keep looking for holiness as much as we can. But be aware of of sin. Be aware of our fallen nature. Be aware of the fact that sin, that serpent, is always there crawling to tempt us and to beguile us and to destroy us. We gotta be careful. Okay, let's continue. Not crying out, okay, he shall bring forth justice to the nations, not crying out, not shouting, not making his voice heard in the street. A bruised reed he shall not break. Now, what does this mean? Not crying out, not shouting, not making his voice heard in the streets. A bruised reed he shall not break, and a smoldering wick he shall not quench, until he establishes justice on the earth. The coastlands will wait for his teaching. That part, um, okay, this is the part where often I got to be careful because what does it mean? He, he not crying out, not shouting. It could, it could be referred to the fact of his passion. It could be the fact that is his, his, his hidden years. It could be the fact that in the sense that he's um, not coming sort of like making a big show of it. You know, our Lord preached and taught. Okay. 
and he was humble. He was he didn't make a show of himself. You know, he, you know, in a sense, what did he used to say? Come and see. Come and see. And he did teach. It's a, you know, there's like like I said, there are parts that sometimes can be uh confusing. You know what? Let me look up my Didiac. Let me look it up. Give me a minute. Well, it doesn't say too much. Um, what exactly he will not cry or lift up his voice. This is the revised standard version or make it heard in the streets. Basically, he would do it um, by being humble, I think, because I don't believe, I think technically he's not making a show of it. He's not, in a sense, boasting, uh, but rather that he's consistent in his mission. Um, I'm, that's the safest, I think, interpretation of it. Um, you know, I mean, basically here, this is the, uh, new American Bible that the, um, uh, missile is using here. Um, uh, he will, um, not making his voice heard in the street. Uh, he not crying out, not shouting, not making his voice heard in the street. I guess it's talking about him being humble and not sort of like, showing off at least like i said i'm I'm gonna say safe there um a bruised reed he shall not break a smoldering wick he should not quench um until he establishes justice on the earth um and the coastlands will wait for his teaching all right uh the coastlands I'm going to say it's the Greek islands the islands of the Greek people the people out in the Mediterranean uh, that he will bring the gospel to, uh, because technically it's all, all the descendants of Adam, the first man, all of us are fallen into sin. Um, I'm going to take a guess at a bruised reed. He should not break a smoldering wick. He should not quench. I'm going to take a guess. It refers to, um, sin. Uh, let me look again on the, uh, this, uh, commentary. Hold on. This is why we need commentary. Um, it doesn't, again, it doesn't say. I think it would probably refer to sin. Uh, not put, you know, the bruised reed, I would imagine, is referring to uh, the affliction of sin on, on a branch. Because a reed is a branch, like a branch. And uh, a smoldering wick, uh, again, I would probably, it would have to be something to do with sin, with the effects of sin. In, in a person's life. But, you know, it goes on like here. Let me see. Um, the coastlands and mentions. You know, he, until he establishes justice on earth. And justice, I'm going to take a guess. You know, that's because we need uh, sin. Sin is in our lives. And so justice would uh, fix... Uh, it would basically establish the word of God and the laws of God in in in, in human beings, and it talks then again then it talks about the coastlands are waiting for him, for his teaching. I, the Lord, have called you for the victory of justice. I have grasped you by the hand. I formed you and set you as a covenant of the people, a light for the nations, 
to open the eyes of the blind, to bring out prisoners from confinement and from the uh, and from the dungeons, those who live in darkness, in the darkness of sin, in uh, prisoners in confinement, those who have to, those who are paying the price for sin in their lives, because basically, look, he didn't come the way they wanted him to come. They wanted they wanted they wanted him to come in glory. He came in humility, and that that contradicted everything that they believed in, everything that they were expecting because they were told this by their religious leaders. All right, so let's go to responsorial psalm, Psalm 29. The Lord will bless his people with peace. The Lord will bless his people with, with peace. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Give to the Lord, you sons of God. Give to the Lord glory and, pr and praise. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Adore the Lord in, in, in his holy attire. The Lord will bless his people with peace. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The Lord over waste, over vast waters. The voice of the Lord is mighty. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The Lord will bless his people with peace. The glory, the, the, the God of glory thunders in his, and in his temple all say glory. The Lord is enthroned above the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Glory be to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All right, so let's go now to the book of Acts. All right. Um, I mean, basically, I think it's quite clear what Psalm 29 is saying. It's give praise to God. And it talks, you know, talks about God like a, as he should be talked about as a king, uh, and how and and how he he rules over the waters, over all the elements, and you know, in his in the temple, the Jewish people, the one thing that united Israel, even when they broke up, was the temple. They couldn't go start their own temple; they had to, not like the Samaritans. No, they were all united by the temple. You know, and 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 God, unlike what's happened with Protestants and Catholics and Greek order, we we sort of broke up and went creating our own churches. All right, so now, the Book of Acts, Acts chapter ten, verse thirty-four to thirty-eight, God anointed him with his with the Holy Spirit. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Peter proceeded to speak to those gathered in the house of Cornelius, saying. In truth, I see that God shows no partiality. Rather, in every nation, whoever fears him and acts upright is acceptable to him. You know the word that he sent to the Israelites as he proclaimed peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. What has happened all over Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went about doing good good and healing all those oppressed by the devil for God was with him. I like, I like the story, um, with, uh, Cornelius and, um, how Peter was called over. I actually want to read the whole thing. Hold on. This is, pro this is one of my favorite parts in the book of Acts. Hold on. All right. This is from Acts chapter 10, Peter and Cornelius. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion 
of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms liberally to the people, and prayed constantly to God about the, the ninth, uh, constant to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying, saying to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging with Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. When the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a, and a devout soldier from among those that waited on him. And having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they were on their journey and coming near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour, and he became hungry and desired something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heaven open and something descending like a great sheet let down by four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air, and there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, No, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time, What God has cleansed you must not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision which he had seen might mean, behold, the men that were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for, uh, for Simon's house, stood before the gate and called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for your coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, upright and God-fearing man, who was well spoken of, by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and hear what you have to say. So he called them to be, in his, uh, to be his guests. The next day he rose and went off with them, and some of the brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And on the following day they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his kinsmen and close friends. When Peter entered Cornelius, uh, entered, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet, worshipping him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I too am a man. And as he talked with them, he went in and found many persons gathered. And he said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or, with, or to visit anyone of another nation. But 
God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. I asked them, I asked them, why you sent for me? And Cornelius said, four days ago, about this hour, I was keeping the ninth hour of prayer in my house. And behold, a man stood before me with in a bright apparel, apparel saying, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the seaside. So I sent to you at once and you've been kind enough to come. Now, therefore, we are all here present in the sight of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. And Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, in any uh, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the word which he sent to the sons of Israel, preaching good news of peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. The word with which was proclaimed throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after his baptism, which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth and the Holy Spirit with power, uh, with, and the Holy Spirit and with power, how he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him, and we are witnesses to all that he ha that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day, and made him Messiah, and uh, made, made him, I'm sorry, manifest, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God to be judged, judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still was still saying this, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word and all and the believers from among the circumcised who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone forbid water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit? Just as just as we have, and he com and commanded them by being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That was a uh, a beautiful story. That was a beautiful passage. I love that story of Peter um, going to Cornelius's house. I love how it starts off about Cornelius being a God-fearing man because the God-fearers were Gentiles who um, attended. They attended synagogue. They embraced the Jewish religion, but they didn't. They didn't. You know, they didn't get circumcised. Um, Jewish customs and you know certain rituals were still rather alien to them. You know, they might have practiced some form of kosher but they haven't decided to convert. 
Uh, but the thing is, it was interesting. I love the part where it says that he was part of the Italian cohort, uh, the Italian like brigade or something. Uh, it's, you know, you see that part right there. And then you think about what Isaiah says about the coastlands or the islands that the, they're waiting for his teaching. This fulfills it. At the appointed time when God sent his son, this fulfilled it. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful story. The part about the animals and the net or a blanket or something, that's a call back to the Ark of Noah. All the different animals also symbolize the different nations on the planet. And so therefore, um, the fact that Peter sees this vision um, and the part about nothing unclean or common, the fact that the, 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 the vision says, don't say anything that God has made common. What he was basically telling him that the rest of humanity is just as precious and just as holy, you know, that they need to hear the gospel because humanity is mainly image and likeness of God. And, the second person of the Trinity came down and, and became a man and made and brought back divinity to the human image that we lost under Adam and Eve. Those, those things are important. All right. So uh, I read that part. Now let's go to the gospel. All right. The Alleluia Antiphon. Alleluia, Alleluia. The heavens were opened and the voice of the Father thundered. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Alleluia, Alleluia. Okay, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. After Jesus was baptized, he saw the Spirit of God coming upon him. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you are coming to me. Jesus said to him in reply, Allow it now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. After Jesus was baptized, he came um, after Jesus was baptized, he came up from the water, and behold the heavens were opened for him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending upon, descending like a dove and coming upon him. And a voice came from, from the heavens saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. I'll read it one more time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And yet, you are to, you are, uh, you are coming to me. Jesus said to him in reply, "Allow it now, for thus it is fitting to fulfill all righteousness." Then he allowed him, and Jesus. And after Jesus was baptized, he came up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming upon him. And a voice came from from the heavens, saying, "Thus, this is this is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased." Okay. Uh, we are now in the um, 
the baptism. This is the end of Christmas. Technically, this is the end of our Lord's private life and beginning of his public life. Um, yes, this is exactly what it means. And the fact that John, um, the beautiful, I love the part where John the Baptist sees him and says, behold, the Lamb of God who, who takes away the sins of the world. I love that part. It's like, almost like dramatic. You can picture the whole, the whole scene. John sees him. John the Baptist looks at on him and then just knows this is him. This is the one. This is the one I've been talking about. This is the one that, that I've been preparing. I've been preparing everyone for. And then like his words, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You've got to love that. You just, you, how can no one love that? It's all there. It's him, you know, and, and this is, this is, this is an important event. You know, it's, it's terrible. Um, what we as Christians are now going to be going through, but I think the reason why our Lord allowed all this stuff now, unfortunately, I'm going to talk about it with Trump and what happened in Washington, DC was tragic was a tragic thing. It was tragic seeing, seeing all this happen, seeing all this played out. And the fact is, I do believe that there were Antifa and other instigators there that, that wanted to, um, to destroy this movement. And I think that's the reason why there's a, there's actually, um, uh, video recording phone recordings that people, took that showed people trying to stop these guys from doing this real patriotic people people who love their country don't do stuff like this real patriotic people and trump supporters are not white supremacists they're not anti-semitic and they're not nazis okay this is this uh trump has been very good he's been very good to israel and he's been very good to african-americans and he's been very good to hispanics they, they, I don't know what's going on. Maybe, unfortunately, is the fact that this is a lot bigger, like Michael Voris said. It's a lot bigger than we, than, than what we're facing here. We're facing a global elitists that are distorting the image of God. Our Lord came to restore holiness, divinity, to the human image that was originally created in the image and likeness of God. That is the reason why we are, we need to be saved. Sin distorts that image. It destroys that image. And I hate to say this, but social media disconnects all of it. It, it does, it, it does wonderful things, wonderful things. It gets the news out. It gets information out. It gets people to communicate with each other, but you don't live in it. You don't live in this imaginary matrix. You don't make it into like a, a ridiculous journal, journal where you got to tell everybody everything about yourself, what you're doing, what you're eating, the clothes you're trying on. You don't have to tell everybody your opinion about everything and you don't have to hide behind social media and attack people like a bunch of rabid wolves. You don't do that. 
And that's another thing I noticed. Celebrities get attacked or people get attacked just because they have an opinion that's different or they express an opinion that's different. People actually become, they call them trolls, they call them bullies. I call them just a bunch of rapid dogs because they don't like what someone says. They don't like the, they don't like the fact that this person has a political opinion that's different than theirs. Or maybe they just don't like the person. I don't know. It could be because the person's smarter than them. It could be because the person's good looking. It could be because the person is um, more famous than them. Or maybe because it just makes them feel powerful. And all of a sudden, you've got a lot of people who don't like what you said and they're offended. They're offended by your ideas. They're offended by your political views. They're offended by your religious views. And all of a sudden now they want to take you down. They want to cancel you. They want you to remove from, from the platform. All because of your values, your beliefs, your faith. It could be any number of things. For some, it's because of vanity or because they hate themselves. So they hate, they hate some girl because she's prettier and more attractive. It bothers them. And it's, it's ridiculous. It's so stupid. Um, that only shows how shallow you are. I don't, I, you know, I, I love making these podcasts. I love talking to people. I'm glad I'm seeing people's, um, people are listening. Even though I have a very small audience, I don't have a very big audience. I enjoy making these podcasts. I enjoy sharing the faith and I enjoy trying to compare everything with the faith, especially when it comes to politics or what's going what's happening with us. It's look, I'm, I'm sorry that he lost, but I don't think he lost. I think it was taken from him. I think it, I think we were all cheated. It wasn't just him. We were all cheated. And what happened is, is that we have a bunch of guys, a bunch of old Forgive me for saying a bunch of old farts in Congress, in the Senate, who live in their own private world. They don't understand the MAGA movement. They didn't understand the, the, the political movement. It's a movement. It's not going to disappear. I hope we don't go into a civil war. I hope it doesn't go so far that we're, we're, we're fighting on the streets. It'll be tragic. It'll be tragic to everyone. I don't want that to happen. I don't think Trump wants that to happen. I don't think anyone wants it to happen. But if we're going to get people that constantly going to come after us, censor us because we're resistant to their political views, we are in trouble. You know, we are seriously in trouble because they're going to start coming after. They may even come after me because of my podcast. They may come after me. They may come after me. They may come after me at work. They may come after me on, on the internet. Regardless of what, they're going to come after me and they're going to want me to stop making podcasts. I don't know. I'm not being dramatic. I'm just being practical. Now, I hope to God I don't buckle. I hope to God that I remain strong. I pray to God that I remain strong about my faith. I pray to God all the time that, you know, he can, he can bless 
you know, bless my podcast and let it keep growing. I want to share as much with people as possible of what's going on. But I'm not going to stop, not because of cancel culture. I'll be careful. I'll try to navigate without compromising my beliefs. But I have a funny feeling it will, it might happen. You know? Anyway, I'm going to let, I'm going to end it here right now. I want to say in our father, because I made it long enough and I'm still not feeling completely well. Don't worry, it's not COVID. I'm just exhausted and it's a little depression because, I mean, I'm praying, praying, reading my Bible. Um, I'm trying to uh, lift my spirits up with the word of God and everything. So keep praying for me. So let's end it with an Our Father and I'll be back soon with more, God willing, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless and I'll be back soon.